future, talk radio will actually educate, inspire, and make you think. The future is now. Topics and music that affect your life from Universal Broadcasting Network. Tune in at ubnradio.com. She's passionate about telling stories of amazing women who are rocking the world and empowering women to live, love, and thrive. Here's your host, Katherine Gray. Hi, welcome to Live, Love, Thrive Women's Empowerment Hour, brought to you, of course, by 360karma.com. We have two incredible people on today. I'm very excited, and you will be too. I have on uh, the producer and director of Amazon Prime's Outrageous, Pony Gale. We're going to be talking with Pony first. And then later in the show, we have trailblazing transgender Rizzy Tremaine. And I'm very excited to have him on. Uh, he is doing amazing things. We're going to talk about his journey, his book, and also his scholarships helping others to transition. So stay tuned for that. Right now, please give a warm welcome to Pony Gale. Hi, Pony. Hi, Catherine. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me on. Oh, you bet. You bet. Well, we've been friends a while, and yes. uh, one of the things I love about having someone I know on the show is that I learn so much more about them than I ever knew. And so you have an extraordinary background. One of the things I want to talk about, so many people must ask, how did you get your name Pony? And of course, I didn't know that story, and it mm -hmm. was a very cool story. Your dad was in the music business right and he named you after someone that was like a, a, a celebrity pony, yes pony Cheryl it yeah. was her stage name and my real name so, so pony Sher Cheryl Cheryl she, and she belonged to a group she was in a group called the Cheryl sisters my dad was uh, quite a bit older than my mom a group called the Cheryl sisters and she later went on to be a music composer on a lot of old Tony Curtis movies oh my gosh mm -hmm. that's so cool yeah and he was like a huge fan of hers and no he she was one of his clients he worked with her because oh. he was a music producer and lyricist yeah. yeah and so he like loved her music loved her and wanted he loved to name the you. name yeah. and my dad was um a creative and out-of-the-box thinker mm -hmm. and um he just wanted to give me a unique name yeah, pony marie gale perfect name <laughs> for you because you're such a creative person uh you are creating this trailblazing show called outrageous which actually our next guest rizzy appears mm -hmm. on uh coming up soon in in episode right. two of season two yes yeah. it's actually out now on amazon prime um, very exciting and our website so yeah, yeah rizzy was an amazing amazing guest and an amazing person yeah so um yeah, I can't wait to talk to him next, and uh, I want to talk more about Outrageous, but mm -hmm. what I always love to do is also talk about, you know, your journey to becoming this uh, extraordinary producer-director. Like, what was that path? And everybody's got their story, and right. yours is, uh, like most people's, you know, you've had your definite you know obstacles or, or things that you've had to overcome and I'd say one of the biggest we talked about was mm -hmm. uh, that you lost your dad when you were six years old right uh, from yeah. a heart attack yes um, uh, first of all does it make you nervous like whenever you have something in your family like do you ever think oh my gosh I better like stay calm and eat healthy and like you don't you know well yeah I yeah. definitely try to eat healthy and yeah. work out and take care of my health yeah. and, and get regular physicals yeah. and that kind of thing I think our generation is better at it this, is right? better it we, is yeah, yeah we're a little bit more uh, attuned to 
what's healthy, what's not. We're right. trying to right. we're trying to live to 180 and exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, in the 60s and 70s, you know, everybody drank and smoked cigarettes. Right. You know, it was just what you did. Right. So it was a diff and really didn't work out a lot. So right. it was a different lifestyle. Yeah. We're, you know. And I came from the South. We were eating fried chicken. Right. And, yeah. I mean, just I know, to I add love, insult to I love injury. fried chicken. It's yeah. not like I deprive myself, but right. I you know, the majority yeah. of the time, try to eat healthy. Yeah. Sure. So your dad was this creative guy in the music business, mm -hmm. uh, a real trailblazer himself. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Uh, you tell me you came from a mom who um, also had uh, physical challenges. Right. She tell had polio. Bit. She had polio when she was seven. Wow. Um, right before they developed the vaccine. Oh my and, gosh. And uh, she was originally, initially. Um, paralyzed from the neck down and then later feeling and movement came back in her body wow. but her legs never fully came back and so as a teenager she was on crutches and when she had me she started using a wheelchair because she said it was easier to get around right um, and really as a kid she did everything she drove she played ten wheelchair tennis and she had a talk show on Fox when I was a kid that she hosted and produced oh my um, called New Forces so I, she did more than a lot of people uh, ever do that are able-bodied. Wow. Know? So, so she was like a, also a major inspiration. And, definitely, yes. Know. I mean, certainly you must have been saying, wow, if my mom can do all of these incredible things with a disability, then certainly you know, I can follow in her footsteps. Right. Well, yeah. initially, actually, it was a little intimidating because yeah. I thought, how can I ever live up to that? Right. But because uh, you had two no. parents that were very right. successful. And, right. you know, and I think a lot of people uh, listening may be in that same boat where they've had parents that are very successful mm -hmm. and they're like, oh, my gosh, how do I measure up? But I think what what would be your advice to them? Because I think for me, I would say, just do what your gift is. Exactly. I was just going to say that. Find your own voice. Yeah, don't measure your success by right. your parents or any other people. Just are you doing what your gift is right. and, and yes. giving it your full on? And, and that's all you're supposed to be doing. Exactly. Yeah. And that's exactly what I did. I mean, at first I was intimidated. I was not going to do anything creative. But it was in my blood. And right. so I couldn't not. But you started really early. I, I started early. Yeah. Um, I started very early. Because at 15, 16, you were already, like, producing a show, right? Or, no, no, actually, or, or, it was a little, I was older than that, a little yeah. older than 15, 16. But um, I, at some point, I was actually, I did an internship at Century Cable that's now Spectrum. Right. It's gone right. through a million changes. And how changes. old were you when you did that? Um, to be, I was in my 20s. In your 20s. Yeah. So that's still young. Yeah. yeah. Because actually, I changed my major in college a few times. Yeah. And I oh, wasn't gee, you're really, the only one Yeah, that I'm did the only that. one. <laughs> and then um, actually, my mom kind of tricked me into checking out this internship at Century Cable. So I did. And I used to work on their Saturday live shows, mm -hmm. um, and I loved it. And uh, I learned camera work, editing, and then I eventually did my own show. Do you think uh, she saw something in you that was in her and your dad, like that creativity? That she, and so she is that why she wanted you to do that internship? I think so. Yeah, because a mother knows. Yeah, yeah. a mom knows, yeah. and she, I think. She definitely inspired me with, right. you know, even though I didn't want to, I think she she did see something in that. And with regard to all the things that you're doing, uh, 
you know, we kind of brushed over the fact that you lost your dad when he was when you were six years old. Mm -hmm. How did that impact your life? Do you think? Well, I think when I was younger, it was definitely devastating because yeah. I was very close to my dad, and um, it really rocked my world. You know, as as you it know, would as it would sure. But actually, you know, growing up as an adult, um, you know, people will ask me like, "Wow." How, it, that's awful how did it affect you as an adult I learned because I've I've seen so many uh, friends of mine and people I've known that didn't have uh, a great experience with parents right and I honestly as an adult I'm like I'm just grateful that I had a wonderful dad that right. I loved and was very close to and I'm glad I I got that experience and then fortunately mm -hmm. your mom remarried a great guy yes so you did have kind of two fathers right both were great right so you were yes. dealt a good hand in that respect yes yeah. and they're still married they've been married uh, over while well, they've been together over 30 years oh my gosh um, that's yeah. great and your dad your your uh, birth dad mm -hmm. uh, they met you were telling me your mom was a singer yeah and they was. met in an elevator after a show yes yeah yeah she was singing at a hotel in New York City uh -huh. and they met in an elevator after the show and he asked her out and uh, three weeks later they eloped I love it <laughs> oh my gosh so I was born in New York City and then when I was about a year and a half my parents moved to Hollywood right okay uh, so would you ever elope in three weeks uh, TBD <laughs> <laughs> Actually, probably I, I not. I gotta say, I <laughs> would not, not do that. No, probably not. Probably complete total opposite. Maybe like three years, <laughs> three decades. I'll think right. about it. Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, that's funny. But uh, you know, it is funny. Maybe it was more prevalent then. I don't know. Or maybe they were just like really. I think it was. You know, yeah. I, I, wild I don't know. and right. They it were just, you're really young, right? Yeah. 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 Well, my my dad was quite a bit older than my mom. My mom yeah. was really young. He was yeah. quite a bit older. He'd been married before and divorced. And yeah. I think, you know, I think sometimes when you know, you know. When I, I do think that. Yeah. That I agree mm -hmm. with. When you know, you know. Because it worked. Yeah. I mean, they were happily married yeah. um, for eight up years until then. up until he passed yeah. away. Wow. So, so, all, so what was your path to becoming the fantastic you know producer director you've ended up being now doing like as you tell me living the dream like working on the projects you want to work but what was your path to that so you started interning at that uh, cable company In, yes. and then where did it go from there I started interning at the cable company I started doing my own show which uh, was called reality view mm -hmm. which was I we would go shoot local LA bands playing live oh, fun. and then interview it was a music show yeah. that I hosted and produced and, and then this was your idea this was my idea yeah. I created it kind of after like an MTV style the old school yeah but with local bands yeah. and unknown kind I of remember when there was musicians. no MTV right just saying okay. <laughs> just saying I know it's embarrassing I do remember right. that I remember when the first ones came out right um, with the VJs yeah. and everything yeah downtown yeah. Julie Brown and right well yeah. and because you you know, music is in my blood too. For my dad, I wanted to support unknown artists. Yeah. So. But how nice it was! Your first project, basically of your own, was taking the music industry you love yes. and the film industry yes, you love and, and marrying the two. Yes. Perfect for you. Yes. Yeah. And I loved it. And uh, and then you were telling me Music uh, Connection magazine wrote an article about your right. show, which oddly enough, I just had people on my That's show from the Music Connection, music Connection. magazine. It's yes. a small world, right? Yes. And and did that really uh, help promote 
that uh, show? By it did help yeah. promote it. I did the show for about three years. It was mm -hmm. a bi-weekly show. And then I just kind of went in a different direction. Mm -hmm. And it, it was a fabulous thing. But, I, you know, life yeah. happened and I got busy and I was freelancing mm -hmm. on shows. And I decided I wanted to work at HBO. Mm -hmm. And everybody's like, how's that going to happen? And I ended up, a friend of mine that worked at HBO asked me one day, if I wanted to do a PSA mm -hmm. um, for free, mm -hmm. and I would get to meet some of the big wigs at HBO, and I said sure. So I did the PSA, and I did get to meet some of the production guys. I love this story because mm -hmm. it's the epitome of what I believe and that we talk about, and that mm -hmm. is, you set your intentions on what you wanted. You wanted to yes. be at HBO. Mm -hmm. You you. When the universe said, hey, come do this free PSA, you took the action. Yes. And that propelled it forward to meet the right people mm -hmm. to make that dream come true. Yes. And that's what I think is so important mm -hmm. for people to realize that you can't mm -hmm. sit back and wish for it. No. You have to have the intention and then take the actions when the universe delivers yes. a, even a nugget, like, you know, a phone call, an email, an opportunity yes. to make a free PSA and that leads to something bigger. Yes. See, somebody else might have gone, no, I'm not going to go do that for free. Right. You know? Exactly. So I applaud you for that. That's the no. epitome of how the universe works, and that is so awesome. No, thank you. Yeah. yeah. And um, and that just, you know, one thing led to another. Mm -hmm. And I did do a lot of things. Uh, I did stuff for free. I worked in a lot of, you mm -hmm. know, I was uh, production If we're in assistant. production, we've all done yeah, stuff for free. Yeah, and I was a PA where I did get <laughs> yeah. paid, but I was yeah. working 16-hour days. Wow. And, you you know, paid your dues. I paid my dues. Yeah. And it was great because I got a lot of really good experience. Right. And actually from that, when I did meet a producer at HBO, when HBO was just starting original programming back mm -hmm. in mid-'90s, mm -hmm. um, I had, you know, an interview with a producer there that I came in and said, hey, you worked with my friend Robin on a show. She said, hi, she said, you're great. And yeah. I couldn't remember who Robin was because I'm really bad at names. But then I saw a picture of her on his desk and I remembered. And yeah. I said, oh my God, I love her, tell her <laughs> hi, right? And long story short, he hired me on the spot. because wow. um, And that was to work on which show? Well, I was working, he hired me to work in production then I worked on uh, the, Pilot for the Sopranos and Sex in oh the City and all the old school shows that oh, were starting wow. out. It was a really exciting time. I have HBO. to tell you, Sex in the City was one of my favorite shows. I love that show. It, it was a great yeah. show. Yeah. I loved, you know, Sopranos, but Sex in the City was great too. I loved yeah. them all. It yeah. was a really fun time. And I learned and a lot. And you were editing on those shows, or what no, were you no, no. doing? No, no, no. I was working in production. I was uh, on the actual shooting. I was like a liaison between yeah. the production and HBO. Oh, cool. Um, and assisting the producer, mm -hmm. and you know, just starting out. Yeah. And um, and once you've so, done HBO, what a wonderful thing to have on your resume. It kind of opens a lot of doors. I right? worked at HBO on and off for sixteen years. Wow. And it was fabulous. Mm -hmm. Um. Those people that I worked with are like family. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, I just had lunch with uh, one of them yesterday that's working at another cable company. I won't say the name right now. Um, and they're interested in uh, doing a project with me possibly. Collaboration. So yeah. collaboration. We're really like a family. We worked hard and played yeah. hard and it was a wonderful experience. Yeah. You know? And while I was there, I also went back to school at night. I worked during the day and went back to school at night 
to UCLA to take um, producing, directing, and screenwriting. Fantastic. So one of the best schools journey, for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the producer I worked with at the time, Dan Kaplow, that mm -hmm. um, who's fabulous. The best advice he gave me was just shoot stuff, do mm -hmm. your own, do your, do own, your thing. own thing. Yeah. So that's what I did. I've been an independent filmmaker for over 20 years, and HBO is always very supportive and screened my short films. And one of my short films that I made while I was working there, I actually took a hiatus to make it, um, was called The Pink Ladies. And I won a Best Director Award for that oh at a festival gosh. in L.A. What, and and that, what was that about? It was about five. It was very much like the L Word. It was before the L Word came out. It yeah. was a story about five friends, five girls, all different sexual orientations. And I shot kind of like the short was like the pilot of mm -hmm. their story. Yeah. And uh, in that story, it was one of the girls had um, been sober and she fell off the wagon and had a drug and alcohol problem. And it showed how it affected the other friends right and how where that journey took them and then she came back around and got sober and um and was that because of their friendship and support because i always say well it was people live a healthier happier life when they have a support around them. i think they helped friends. but it was also her. not before she took them down i'm sure but right yeah. but i i mean i think yeah. that helped and it yeah. just showed how it affected them but i think anybody that gets sober um, because I'm sober myself for 24 years. Good for you. Um, thank you. I've had that. It's and I, you know, talk about it. It's a personal thing. Like yeah. you have to have the willingness. Yes. Nobody can make you right. drink, make you sober. Right. It comes from inside. Right. And don't you think that's pretty much the same for life in general? We create our definitely. life. Definitely. Nobody creates it for us. Definitely. So whatever our life is looking yes, like, definitely. We've created it. Definitely. Yeah. Whether and we want to take responsibility yes. for it or not, but that's it. Yes. The, the 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 beauty of it is we can create our life, our fate. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, just like I started my own production company about three years ago and I used to say prior to that, um, people would ask me if you could do anything you'd want, what would it be? And I'd say, have my own production company and do the sh things, make the films I want to make. Right. And you what know? I love is you always, you're making films that mean something to you. Yes. And that's what was important, not just to make films, but to make films for the greater good. Right. Well, Outrageous, yeah. you know, the docu-series for the LBGT community, like I kept hearing people say, well, I don't see my story. Right. So that's why I wanted to do something that could, we could have different guest stars and tell different stories. and tell as many people's stories as possible. And I love that. And you're in yeah. your second season on Amazon Prime, yes. so people can catch yes. it there. Mm -hmm. And it's called Outrageous. And tell us a little gist of it. Uh, I know you have all different types of characters all represented in there, so it's a nice slice of life. Yes, yeah. it's all different sexual orientations and allies of the community. Um, in season one, we had uh, female to male transgender uh delo and ian harvey who was on transparent and kind of tell their journey we had a male to female transgender maya from india tell her story and how you know it's she could have been killed in india that's why oh she came gosh. here wow and living a lie she was suicidal yeah um and that's so true that uh we have to be our authentic selves in order to be happy. Yes. And so uh, that's why so many uh, people in the gay community are suicidal because they're living a lie. They're having to not tell people, family or whoever. Hopefully that's changing, but there's still a lot of it, especially well, in places outside of, yes, you know, California, and New York. Yeah. And of course, that's why a lot of people come here. Right. But um, 
you know, if they're living in red states and stuff, you know, in really holy roller type of communities right. that still exist, or of course other places in the world where they get killed for being gay, um, you know, you can't be your authentic self. It's right. not even an option because they'll be killed. But when you do live in an environment and have that freedom, right. of course, to be transgender, gay, whatever, mm -hmm. uh, bisexual, whatever. Uh, there's such a freedom in that that gives people so much happiness, right? True, true. And we also, especially with this political environment, it's so important because we also want to educate people that aren't gay, right? You know that, but everybody knows somebody has a a parent, a child, a neighbor, right? And so they can kind of also get a look behind the curtain and go, okay, this is what it's like, and have uh, have a different experience. And I had a girl write in that said her mom that had been against, you know, her sexuality, and she was bisexual, mm -hmm. watched the show and said, you know, honey, I get it. Oh, my gosh. That's so, so it was very that, touching. That make it all worthwhile? It makes it all worth it. And, and also the thriller that um, I wrote is not, that's a whole different thing. My favorite genre is thrillers. Yeah. So, that's a just a fun take, kind of like a Wild Things meets The Sixth Sense, and that's what we have in development right now. We're working on financing for that, and hopefully that'll be out soon. We have a and couple that, of even in attached. a way that's an education because it is and it hey, is something that people uh, relate to and right. I, you know believe in that sixth sense. And I have and, the sexuality fluid in in it too I, <laughs> because I think that's life. Yes, you know I, I really like do. That. I do. And then you're also working on a documentary, which is yes. very poignant. Yes. I'm working on a documentary with a retired professor from UCLA that survived the Holocaust. Oh, my gosh. And she tells not her many, story. Not many survivors not left. Not many survivors left. She's 93. Wow. And she actually didn't retire from teaching until she was 88. Oh my gosh, I love <laughs> She's that. She's really amazing. You know, on my yeah. uh, upcoming uh, Live Love Thrive conference, which mm -hmm. is November 4th, we, we kick off the morning with Forever Young panel, which is women in their 80s and 90s oh, who are that. still rocking it. It's fabulous. I One of them it. is even 100. Wow. Yeah, oh my God, yeah. that gives me hope. Yeah. <laughs> no, I really think it inspires us to say, hey, we'll be making films and doing right. shows uh, up into our 80s and 90s and beyond. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, why not? Right. Yeah. So now you're living the dream, making mm -hmm. the uh, TV shows and films that uh, are of your heart mm -hmm. and bring you passion and happiness. Yes. I, yeah. I just am very grateful. And it didn't happen overnight. I've been on no. this journey for 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what I think uh, millennials need to understand yes. is that um, you do have to uh, pay your dues. But, yes. But it sounds to me like you did enjoy the journey. I love the journey. And, and that's, that's what it's about. That is yeah. it. It's yes. like not just focusing on that end game. Right. Uh, but really enjoy. Of course, the end game's awesome. I think that's true you know, life in general, yeah. right? Yeah. I really believe that. Yeah, you know? me too. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you have the second season coming up of Outrageous. Yes. You're finishing up the documentary. You're working on your thriller. Yes. Anything else we should know about? I have a fourth uh, feature in development. Of course you do. Course you do. Uh, you slacker. <laughs> which is a supernatural thriller called oh, wow. Pendulum. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so I'm also working on that. 
Um, and You'll have to be on Tony Sweet's UBN show. He does all the paranormal oh, stuff. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I'd love it. Well, I'm so happy to have you on today. Well, thank you. It was great to be on. And I know we have up next Rizzy, who yes. uh, oh my is God. a fantastic trailblazing transgender who's featured on Outrageous. He's so episode two, season two that's out yeah. now. Awesome. Uh, and he is fabulous. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we're going to be right back with Rizzy. Thank you for being on thank the show. You. We're going to watch Outrageous. Yay, and keep thank you. Following the fantastic work of Pony Gale. Thank you. All right, we'll be right back with Rizzy. Stay tuned. Thank you for tuning in to the Live, Love, Thrive show, where we bring you powerful and positive programming about women and those who support women's empowerment. It seems by sharing their stories and showing us their talent and potential, they remind us of our own. We ask you to join us weekly by taking a minute to subscribe to our 360 Karma YouTube channel so you get to see every episode of these uplifting and inspiring stories. We all need more of this, yes? And did you know we have the Live Love Thrive book on our 360 Karma website and on Amazon? If you enjoy reading books of incredible women who are doing amazing work in the world, you will want to pick up a copy. Also, when you join 360karma.com, you will enjoy our growing video content of expert advice and support and learn about our workshops and our second annual Women's Conference in West Hollywood, November 3rd and 4th of this year. If you would like to align with a like-minded, purpose-driven community, you will feel at home at 360karma.com. We encourage and support you to live the life you love. RTB Financial Group empowers women to raise the bar and take control of their financial future. For more information, visit rtbfinancialgroup.com or call Amanda Barr at 424-284-4216. The Live, Love, Thrive program is brought to you in part by Honda of Downtown Los Angeles, supporting the equality and empowerment of women. And we are back with Rizzy Tamain. Hi, Rizzy. How are you? Oh, very good, Catherine. Oh, very my gosh. Good. Thank so you. nice to meet you. I love your accent. <laughs> Thank so you. people won't know where you're from. You're from Nigeria. Yes. 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 Mm -hmm. That must have been uh, challenging to grow up in Nigeria, being a transgender. Oh, yes. Yeah. It yeah. Really of course, was. at the time, yes. you didn't really know that, mm -hmm. right, mm -hmm. when you were a child. Oh, yes. But you knew you were different. Yes, absolutely. Right. So yes. you had shared with me that at like age six was it six or eight that mm -hmm. you said to your dad i'm a boy yes i knew like at age six yeah that something was different i was identifying more with the little boys yes not with the girls and definitely not feeling feminine right and then it was age eight that i went to my dad in his room and right. said daddy i'm a boy yeah. you know yeah and i was so convinced that i had figured out what was going on with me. Right, yes. right. Mm -hmm. Interesting that at that young of an age, you know, I don't know why people uh, ever question this because we do know even as children uh, what our sexuality is, mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. um, and so when a child says that, your dad said what a lot of parents say, which is, you're going through a phase. Yes, he did. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think that's their denial button, don't you? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. I do. I think so. Yeah. Because he did. He said, oh, this is a usual phase that all boys and girls go through. Right. You'll, you know, you'll come into your own. You'll be the woman right. that right. you're supposed to be. But you Do know. you think parents should, if their child says, you know, they're a girl and they say, I'm a boy or vice versa, do you think that they should embrace that because it doesn't always come out that they're transgender mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. how should a parent 
uh, tackle that? Just give them the freedom to to express it and say, yes. hey, whatever. Oh yes, whatever the, works for you. Oh yes, yeah. I mean the best thing to do is to let the kids just express very yes. freely whatever they're expressing. Yes, um, without necessarily labeling it then. Yes, but definitely don't shut it down as right. a phase. Right. Um, if it is a phase which sometimes it is, Yes, the kids will outgrow that naturally. Right. Um, if it's not a phase, you will know. I mean, it will be extreme. Yes. Uh, things like with me, not uh, once I was told to go change from my jeans uh, into a dress or I wouldn't have dinner, Oh because I just rejected dresses and right. rejected everything. Right, because you were I, a boy. Exactly, yeah. yes. Yeah. And I was convinced I was a boy, and yeah. I didn't have dinner, um, you know, and I love food. Yeah, so, <laughs> you, so, you and me both, oh, honey. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that was a sign, like, okay, something yeah. is really, really going on. This kid yeah. loves food, and um, she, you know, at the time I was yeah. in my female uh, body, she was not eating. Right, right. do you share your name, what you were born with? My name? Yeah. It's Rizzi, uh, was also one of my names, which I kept. Oh, I gotcha. And then Nasele. Nasele is right. my female name. Gotcha. Yes, yes. Okay, mm -hmm. so after that occurred, yes. you tried to shut it down, obviously, because oh, yes. they were not accepting it, which is really sad because I think it, it uh, snuffs out the spirit of the child. Mm -hmm. And so if someone really loves their child, it's why it's so important for them to embrace it. Yes. But okay, mm -hmm. so your story is you then went on to say, well, I'm attracted to women, I must be a lesbian because yes. you're trying to make it fit, right? Mm -hmm. oh, so you yes. became a very masculine lesbian to start with yes right. I yeah. did I would shave my head the same way I have it right now yeah um, you know just to be as masculine as possible but you felt like being a lesbian might be more acceptable yes yeah I mean it, it wasn't accepted by them initially right I mean I went through so many exorcisms right where they were trying to pray the lesbian away but not just the lesbian the masculine the extent of the masculinity right. and um, in nigeria this well. is what they do they they believe they can pray it away or exercise yes. it away right it's all demonic stuff it's all spiritual is what right. they believe right. they think um, it's like a curse or something yes yeah. yes which is very yeah you know superstitious and yeah. just emotionally uh, painful for kids of course too, yeah you know? but yeah i went through all of that and identified as a very butch lesbian right. for as long as possible, but still. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah. you left Nigeria to go to school in the UK, yes, right? Yes, I did. Did yes. things become a little bit easier for you in the UK? Oh, gosh. Yeah. It yeah. was like night and day. Right. Oh, my goodness. And how did you have that wonderful mm -hmm. opportunity to go to school there? Did you get a scholarship or did your I parents did. send I you? I did. I got or? a scholarship that was from the family. Nice. So it's like, you know, the African system is when all relatives come together and kind of pool funds for you. Oh, wonderful. Um, so I did. I got like a family-made scholarship based on mm -hmm. doing well in school and getting good grades. And they're like, well, she can go, you know, she'll do good and yeah. come back and be a blessing to the family. And right. I was so happy to, oh. to get that opportunity yeah. to go. And, and the more, um, and when you leave uh, your environment of family, it also kind of gives you a freedom, doesn't it? Oh to, gosh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So in the UK, uh, being gay was a little bit more acceptable too yes, than Nigeria. Very, yeah. very. I yeah. mean, I got there and stumbled on what would be the equivalent of West Hollywood. Mm -hmm. Over there it was uh, right. called Soho. 
oh. in London. I was I just felt like I was in heaven. Like you were home. Yeah. Like I was home. Yeah. For the first time ever, people were out. They were holding hands on the streets. Oh. All the gay and lesbian bars were there. Oh, it was it was amazing. So you started to feel happy. I felt happy. Yeah. Yes, I felt happy. So there you were dating women. Yes. So and uh, because you continue to do that, so at least that part of it was feeling good. Yes. Yeah. Oh yes. And mm -hmm. so. Um, what transpired from there? How did you make it from UK to here in Los Angeles? Oh, yes, well, the happiness was a little bit short-lived is what yes. happened. Yeah. My mom came out there mm -hmm. and she said, you know, we've had a family meeting and we feel like this was a mistake for you to come out here because you're never going to blend in and be the woman that you're supposed to be. Oh. Um, we've heard about you going to the gay and lesbian clubs and right. dating women, and this is not what we want. Uh, we feel like we've accommodated your sinful lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So we've made a plan. We need you to stop everything, come back home. We're going to put you in an arranged marriage oh uh, with my. a nice man we've found so you can oh my blend in and have kids and just end this insanity and mm -hmm. that was horrible news for me I just I had a nervous breakdown I began to drink excessively mm -hmm. I missed school for about maybe 10 days I was just in bed mm -hmm. feeling almost suicidal at how soon all this happiness was going to fade away right, right. Uh -huh. and now then, did you go back to Nigeria oh no no what happened I was saved actually I was rescued by a very nice uh, counselor at the school because mm -hmm. uh, they called me after those 10 missed days of classes and said, you're What's missing up? a lot of classes, yeah. what's up? Yeah. Um, come in and talk to us because we're going to you know, drop you or fail mm -hmm. you. And I went in and I just blotted out to the counselor like, look, I'm a lesbian. They're going to take me home. I don't know what to do. And she said, you know, we have a campus um, in America. We have campuses rather. In America, mm -hmm. wow. and we can get you a visa based on this information, because um, this is like sexual orientation persecution. Yeah. We can get it really fast and ship you out. Choose somewhere to go, and um, I just I thought I'm going to Los Angeles. I don't know wow. anyone, but it's sunny and there's West Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you didn't pick Peoria, did you? Oh, no. <laughs> well, yes. now, so this is kind of where your new journey began. So as you arrived in Los Angeles, yes. mm -hmm. you start, you were embraced mm, yes. and feeling happy again. Oh, yes. mm -hmm. But then it was at age 35 that you actually realized, wait a minute, I'm not a lesbian. I am a boy, like oh, I thought when I was a kid, right? Yes, yeah. oh, yes. It was, I mean, it was always there. There yeah. was always an inner emptiness yes. and a void. Yeah. Um, something still wasn't quite right. And I right. knew what it was. I had just suppressed it because right. of how traumatic the first coming out was as right. a lesbian and all the exorcisms and yeah. everything. I couldn't yeah. imagine telling my parents, oh, Oh. I'm a man. I'm going right. to transition. But right. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I can yes. imagine that. Mm -hmm. but I mean, I know I had a hard enough time saying gay. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. yes. Um, in the climate of what's going on here in the world now, I know you, so you transitioned at 35 years old. Yes. Um, you're such an inspiration, I think, to people midlife who maybe haven't made that transition since that's your story. Mm -hmm. Um, and then uh, we know that there's a lot of kids that we hope 
don't have to wait till they're 35. Oh, yes. Right? Oh, yes. Because, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and hopefully um, people will listen to the show. And even if we touch one person, doesn't that make all the difference in the world it for sure? It really does, yes. So mm-hmm. let's tell them your story at 35. You realize, nope, I am I am a, a male. Yes. And I'm going to live genuinely and authentically as what I am. Yes, exactly. That mm-hmm. must have been a big weight off your shoulders as scary as that was to announce, right? Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was terrifying, but also liberating. Right. Like, that was it. This was the point at which, come hell or high water, I'm going to be who I am. Right. Um, now, you were dating someone at the time. Yes, I, yes, I was dating. Who now is your wife. Yes, she is. Yes, I she love is. that story. Mm-hmm. Because I have mm-hmm. to think, uh, in just in my little circle of people I've known of transitioning, that sometimes that doesn't work out. Very often. More often than not, That's it what I was going to ask you. So mm-hmm. more often than not, when somebody transitions, they do lose the person, the person they're, they're with. They're with yes. Now, in your case... She embraced it like she just loved the person. Yes. And that's the way it should be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's a beautiful love story. It really is. Yes. Yeah, I know we have your wedding picture. Oh, uh, awesome. Yes. Yes. Beautiful beautiful young lady. Inside and out and very open, very accepting. Always said she saw me as genderless. Yes. And just loved the person inside. What I've heard breaks up some uh, relationships is that when sometimes when someone transitions from female to male, they become a different person. Do you feel mm-hmm. like you became a different person or do you feel like you were the same person? I feel, I know exactly what they mean because I've heard of that too. And I've seen some changes that do really happen from the testosterone, mm-hmm. uh, just the hormonal changes. Right. And people get, you know, either more aggressive or you know they think differently yeah, and right. act because you seem very low key to me i was just gonna say in my case i was even more low key than wow. this uh-huh. so this is my highest level <laughs> of, <laughs> of aggressiveness and you know uh, being more right. outspoken this is my highest level right so it wasn't um too drastic a change for her right yes right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. then how long after your transition did you get married oh gosh um Right during the whole thing. I mean, I... I, Really? Oh, yeah. We did everything right in there. I did top surgery in 2012, January. Yeah. Uh, We got uh, married on uh, Maui Island. Yeah. Like just a ceremony in March. Yeah. 2012. And then we did the court wedding in L.A. to make everything legal. Yeah. After my name change and gender change markers were changed in September 2012. Oh, my gosh. And so it was just... It moved really, really quickly. I bet that wedding day was one of the happiest days of your life. Oh, yes. I mean, here you are standing in your authentic self with this beautiful woman who's stuck by your side through it. And that love and support, unconditional love and support. I mean, that just had to have been like such a highlight. It really was. It still is when I think about it. How long have you all been married now? Now it's five years uh, married. And then... 10 years together all together. Ah, I yeah. love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. Now, back to your parents. Yes, yes. So your dad got sick with cancer. Yes. Mm-hmm. When is I, he still with us? He's still with us, oh, yes. He's wonderful. actually in town right now. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes. But yes. you didn't think he was going to make it, so you went back to Nigeria? Yeah, what happened was... Um, yeah. uh, in, and you went back as a, as a man? 
Yes. Okay, so since you transitioned, you went back there, your dad was sick, and I know you went and stood by his side and took care of him for I a month. I did, I did, yeah. yes. Mm -hmm. Nursed him back. Nursed him back and was with him. I had been so nervous of how he would react to seeing me because when I said I was going to transition, we we kind of broke up again. You know, mom yeah. stopped talking to me, dad stopped talking to me. Right. And which I knew would happen, and the next contact was hearing he was ill. I think it's just mm -hmm. uh, that they need time to digest it, right? You know what? They did. They just needed time to digest it. I know mm -hmm. some parents never come around. Right. Um, but majority, honestly speaking, I think with time mm -hmm. to digest what's happening, they I don't do understand come parents that don't come around. I'm yeah. sorry, I don't understand yeah. that. Mm -hmm. uh, people are a soul, yes. whether they're uh, female or male whatever they are a soul yes. doesn't that parent love that soul, soul. Mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. what I don't understand oh, yeah. I don't understand how people reject their children their what a shame children. for them mm -hmm. uh, if, and, and if they are even if they are religious people mm -hmm. I mean all the more reason they should love that soul exactly yeah I don't get that mm -hmm. anyway back to your dad that that month of being with him and being there for him uh, was extremely bonding, yes? Yes, it was. It was. There's, mm. there's magic in those uh, uh, setbacks that we have, whether it's health-wise or other challenges. Uh, it's always interesting that those challenging obstacles in our life yes. tend to be what make us grow. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. With oh, wisdom yes. and, and having... Uh, making our lives better and richer, oh, right? Yes. And that was the case with this. That was the case with this. It really was the, it was like the darkness, and then after that darkness, it brought us to a place I can only call a miraculous place to be in mm -hmm. right now because I went there, took care of him for the month and everything, and one day as I was, you know, caring for him and putting some of his clothes away, he just called me, he tapped on the chair, he said, come sit here, my son. Oh my gosh. And I thought, I, for a moment, I thought I was hallucinating. Like, right. did he just say that? Oh my and God, he you're going to make me cry. Oh, yes. And I sat there and he said, I'm sorry for all those years. Oh I'm gosh. sorry for the exorcisms and the misunderstandings and just letting you go through all this alone. Wow. I'm so sorry. Mm. Because as I look at you now, I see my child. You've mm. always been a good child. Oh, my gosh. And I, I just love you and appreciate you. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. That's all you could ask for, oh, right? Yes. Oh, oh yes. my gosh. Mm -hmm. You wrote a book. Yes. The yes. book's name is uh, The Unspoken Compromise. Yes. Mm -hmm. When did you write that book? I is it after this? You know, yeah. it took a while. I yeah. started writing it in, in 2012. Mm -hmm. I published a first edition. Mm -hmm. And then after this reconciliation, with my dad, I, you know, pulled it back, re-edited it with the reconciliation in there. I love it. And then republished it again. Yeah. And it's been such a source of hope to mm -hmm. so many people in the trans community. So if somebody has a transgender child mm -hmm. or knows someone trans and they want to understand it better, this would be a good for them to buy your this book. This would be very good to understand, yeah. yes. Oh, and yes. where can they get The Unspoken Compromise? Is it on Amazon? Yes, it's on Amazon, and Beautiful. it's also on my site. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. and that's rizzytomaine.com, yes. T-I-M-A-N-E. I think it's on yes. the screen, yep. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So this book was cathartic for you? Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I can imagine. Oh gosh, yes. Yeah. Is it about your journey that we just talked about? Yes, it is. It's about mm-hmm. just the whole self-discovery mm-hmm. at six, the bullying mm-hmm. um, that I went through. Oh, I bet. Um, the suicidal thoughts, the suicidal attempt, mm-hmm. um, and then you know the conversations with mom and dad and the compromises right. we had to come through as a family. Yeah, where you know you may not agree with your child's gender or sexual mm-hmm. orientation, but you have to love them mm-hmm. and you have to evolve your right. religious thinking right um, in order to love your children to realize god made people in yes. different ways yes and god loves all people. all people love is love love is love yeah yes. and you know with all the hell you've been through mm-hmm. your life is so great now mm-hmm. uh you seem to me to be one of those people and i applaud this that you totally live in the present oh, yes you know in mm-hmm. the joy of the present rather than letting that past drag you down so many people live in their past and it ruins their present Mm -hmm. don't you agree oh yes yes and so it's Mm -hmm. lovely to see that you're you know just embracing that you are finally able to be who you are in your fullest authenticity and celebrating that celebrating every day yeah and now you're giving back Yes, I am. And I yes. bet you that there's nothing more gratifying than that. Mm-hmm. You are a certified therapist. Yes, I am. Psychotherapist. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so your practice is that you are working with transgender people every day, young and old. Young and old, yes. Yeah. As young as 10 years old, as old as 60 years old. Wow. Mm-hmm. And uh, you do that with uh, one of the... Which organization? I do this in two organizations. Okay. One is the Happy Transgender Center, mm-hmm. um, through which I do this uh, by Skype, mm-hmm. so that I can reach people in Africa, London, and other places. Oh, fabulous. And then here on the ground in LA, I do it with St. John's Well Child and Family Center in downtown LA. Oh, my gosh, uh, We have about 1,500 or more trans clients wow that come to the yeah clinic. see i don't think people understand how many oh, transgender people there are yes. what, what would you say would be a percentage is it one percent of the population or i mean i don't know i mean the estimate which is significant is, it's significant yeah. i think it's the estimates are closer to two percent of the population right. and, and more and more people, people are being comfortable with uh announcing that because it is becoming more understandable. I mean, it's got a long way to go. Yes. Long way to go. Mm -hmm. But thank goodness there's the face of people like you that are helping people that are putting your book out there and doing your scholarship program, which I applaud you for. Uh, Your scholarship Mm -hmm. program. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about that? I know you're um, granting a scholarship coming up in October Tell us the name of it and how people apply and what that's about. Oh, yes. It's called the Rizzi Timain Annual Transgender Surgery Scholarship. And I started that um, the same year, 2012, when I started transitioning myself, mm-hmm. meeting people who were saying, wow, you're so lucky, Rizzi, to be able to afford the surgeries and the hormones and everything like that. And just realizing for lack of good insurance, or just no insurance at all. Some people were facing a situation where they may never be able to transition. And so I started to take a portion of proceeds from the memoir, uh, proceeds from some music, because I sing. Mm -hmm. Um, You're also an actor. I also act, yes. So proceeds from every avenue. Mm -hmm. Um, I just started pulling that together and 
paying for one trans person surgery each year. year. And so people submit to be... Yes, they submit um, online at raisetimane.com. There's a scholarship page and there's an online application. I imagine it must be hard to choose. It's so difficult You have to a choose. lot of applicants. 600 plus. Oh my gosh. Yes. Wow, that just goes to show. We need to yes. start a... Um, uh, a nonprofit mm -hmm. and have mm -hmm. people uh, donate to that. Oh, yes. Right? Oh, yes. That would be that very needs helpful. to be a nonprofit mm -hmm. for that. Mm -hmm. Somebody who out there listening, looking for a cause, that mm -hmm. would be a great one. Oh, yes. So you get over 600 applicants and you have to pick one. Yes. How do you do that? You just, what story, you just listen to your intuition. Just follow the intuition yeah. and, you know, the point of need from mm -hmm. the story. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we don't know who the winner is this year? No. We but don't last know year? Yet. Yes, last year we had, um, we had a winner. I don't know if he wants me to reveal his oh, name. Oh, okay. Sometimes they don't, but we did. We had a winner. He's a young 18-year-old African-American boy. And we were able to do his top surgery for him. Oh, wonderful. Um, the year before, we had Nico, who is very open, so I'll give his name. We had Nico, who uh, used to go to Children's Hospital LA. Yeah. Um, he had suffered homelessness and everything like that, but he reached out and he won the scholarship, and we did his top surgery uh, with Dr. Crane in San Francisco. Now, I'm going to ask a question that yes. maybe my listeners would want to know, but they don't want to ask somebody. Yes. But so you say the top surgery. So some people have the bottom surgery too, and yes. some don't. And some don't. Right. And yes. what is that predicated on? Just a, a personal choice? For the trans yeah. person? Yeah. Yes. There's two main things happening with that. One is that uh, many trans guys feel uh, that the surgery is not as advanced as they would, um, like, as it they would like it to be. Right. So they're waiting for even more gotcha. uh, advancements. I personally found that to be not the case if you go to the right surgeon. Right. Because, um, you know, I did bottom surgery and I, right. I'm very pleased. Everything right. is exactly as it should be. And I appreciate you being open mm -hmm. about it because it's like those are the kind of questions I think people want to ask but yes. they don't feel like it's appropriate or they ask somebody and they tick them off or oh, whatever so it's yes. good that you're open about oh, it. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, what would be your advice to people, the average person listening today, about making transgender people feel at ease and accept it, especially in this sad political environment, what, what would your advice be? What could people do to, to help transgender people? You know, honestly, the first thing is educating yourselves mm -hmm. um, on just, you know, the spectrum of transgender, because there's a huge spectrum. Mm -hmm. What is it to be trans? Read our stories, learn yeah. more about us. And yes. On a personal level, when you do encounter a trans person, one of the easiest things to do, but it goes very neglected, is to ask them their pronouns and use their pronouns. Right. Because, you know, initially, you know, it, a trans man could look very feminine and female, yeah. but be on testosterone and need to hear you say sir or he or him. Right. And each time you still say she, it's like... It's, yeah, it's a you know it's a trigger. It's right. very very painful. And then I have friends mm -hmm. that are Jew uh, gender fluid, exactly. and uh, they want to be called they. they. Mm -hmm. Right, and mm -hmm. and I know it's hard for people to work it in. They want to. There, a lot of people, their hearts in the right place, but it's just learning 
uh, how, but you, so you think you should ask a person, hey, which pronoun do you prefer? Yes. And that's not insulting. Oh, no, that's yeah. perfectly. In fact, you'll make that day. Good. Hey, if somebody day. took one thing away today, it's ask which pronoun you prefer. Exactly. I love that. Oh, yes. Yes. You are a great man. Oh, thank well, you. Thank you for the wonderful work you're doing to give back. Thank you so much. Um, yes. And we look forward to all the things that you're going to be doing in the future, um, like Outrageous. Oh, Can't yes. wait to see you on Outrageous. <laughs> thank you. And, yes, um, that was awesome. Thank mm -hmm. you for being on today. Oh, thank you, Catherine. I'm so honored. I'm so honored to be here. Thank you thank for having you. me. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Well, we will be back next week. Make it a great week. Hugs and happiness. <laughs>